Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Joined again this week by Kieran Collins and Rory Walsh. Lads, how are things? Very good, Mark. Yeah, I suppose this episode will primarily focus on the Alliance National Horror League Division 1, Group A, Group B and Division 2A. There's fairly contrasting results in Division 1 in the two groups and also 2A. Carlo made a significant step for promotion with a good win against Leash and Port Leash. I suppose, guys, maybe we kick off with Group A of Division 1. Do we want to kick off in Chadwick's Park? Uh, Kieran, uh, Wexford 113 to Clare 16 points. Yeah, I suppose, the, again, another wet day in uh, in Wexford Town. For the third, second or third run in a row now, the conditions haven't been great. A lot of rain that morning before the off. And I think it probably spoiled what potentially could have been a very good game. The first half was a real damp squib. There was lots of mistakes and errors. And I suppose it just uh, the excitement levels never got going for the for anyone spectating there. Second half picked up a bit of ice. Um, I suppose from a West point of view, they would have been happy going in at half time, a point up. You know, having played into the wind. I suppose the uh, the goal from or the penalty from Jamie Casey late on in the first half. You know, bringing them back into it, they were I suppose Claire had a maybe a four point leader at one stage, and I, I think at that stage it looked like they were going to start pulling away, but uh, I suppose they didn't. You know, I suppose going in at half time, win point up, you'd be thinking, you know, it's uh, the advantage was t- for Wexford, but uh, you know, I suppose. T- t- Credit to Clare, the ball had Mark Rogers and, and uh, Peter Duggan, I suppose, and that was a, a huge difference in the forward line. Um, David Sturrell was immense all day, you know, getting up, I think he scored five points for play. He probably had maybe two wides as well, possibly on top of that. So, you know, getting seven shots off from wing forward is a, is a very good day's work. I think there, early in the second half, uh, Cahill Lombard's goal opportunity would have been a big change point in the game because there was never too much between the two teams. I think like in that scenario you have to score. You know it was a very bad, like okay, try to bounce for the keeper, but I, like either side of that keeper was a goal. I don't think there was anything uh, Bradley could have done to stop it. Um, so that was a, a potential, I suppose, goal opportunity flundered. I suppose look, Wexford will be happy with the draw. I suppose it's a result, and I suppose the manner and the result is you know Lee Chin limping off, injured. Kevin Foley going off early, injured. You know, and I suppose these are two playmakers or two creative guys in the forward line that make things happen for them. And I suppose to to plug away and to to dig it out and and okay, get to draw. I suppose is a good result in itself. They will have, you know, a couple of things they would be disappointed on. I think the fifteen wides is one of them. And I suppose even in that second half where I suppose shot selection maybe where some of these shots were not going back to work sort of all, but like taking shots inside their own half. Because they're with the wind, I suppose, feeling they have to take a shot on, you know, so that's, I suppose, it's something they might have to work on. But I suppose from a clear point of view, they'll be happy that they're two wins and a draw, sitting on five points, they're awfully to play. They're going to have to Kenny at home the next, in two weeks' time, a real, you know, I suppose for them, there'll be a bit of heart and anger there over the All-Ireland semi-final last year. And, you know, they could cement that top place in the group um, with a win there. But I suppose with awfully have to play, with no disrespect awfully. You know they're sitting in a very good position, and I suppose it's very hard to not see them being in a you know a semi final of the league. Absolutely, Rory, get you in there. I suppose from a clear perspective, what was your thoughts on that performance? Yeah, I suppose it was a real mixed performance from a clear point of view. Um, I suppose at times, as Kieran alluded to, half time, Clare being down a point, having to face the breeze, and it was a stiff breeze. You you'd nearly have, you'd have taken the draw then. 
But there were times in the second half, especially with maybe five minutes going normal time, where Clare and maybe I think they've got maybe five out of six points and uh, in that spell and went two up after being maybe two or three points down and uh, it looked like they had all the momentum and then they kind of lost it again and just uh, a couple of things I suppose like we, we spoke last year about some of Clare's failings and one of the big ones was uh, shot selection and it seems to be the same players. Dear McRyan is a great player but sometimes you just wonder he takes shots from like that aren't on against the breeze like curling up the wing when you know, at that stage, you had Rodgers on, Duggan on, and there were threats, forward threats inside. And uh, just, you know, it, sometimes I, I know saying that, like last year, every shot he took against Cork up in Ennis went over, and he, he almost single-handedly won the game. But overall, in general, and it's not just um, Dermot Ryan, but it's just kind of a, a trend with the Clare team that, like, um, their wide count is massive in every game. It is something that, like, should have been addressed maybe two, three years ago, and it just still seems, still seems to be festering. And I just worry that if it hasn't been addressed by now, is it just something that like uh, the players just no matter what has been said to them or shown to them that uh, it's still happening? Or is there this encouragement that, look, the more shots you take, the more scores you'll get? You know, at some point, like you have to kind of like have a scoring zone and have an area like a player himself should know um, where he's where he's uh, you know, scoring limits are and not be going for kind of the, the Hollywood scores from crazy angles. But look, in general, I suppose, uh, five points after three games, they're unbeaten. They've Kilkenny at home now next. And as Mark said, or Kieran, as you said, uh, awfully to finish. So you would, like, it would be a disaster now for Clare if they don't finish in the top two. I wonder, are Clare going to be mad to maybe win the group and uh, maybe potentially avoid Limerick? Um, not to be playing at Limerick too many times because they're the first round in the Munster Championship. And you don't want to, you know, come across them like uh, you know, too many times if you're to, to beat them it might be uh, in a Munster Championship I know last year ended up two games in Munster Championship against Limerick but it's something's probably on Lohan's mind um, are you better off maybe playing Limerick in a semi, um, league semi-final league final but again that depends on Limerick's results at the other side in 1B as well but uh, yeah overall uh, a mixed performance but they kind of fought it out against the Breeze in the second half and then when they had chances of winning it kind of fell away just near the end and probably Wexford both teams wasted chances to win the game. Wexford probably wasted more chances to win the game than Clare. So I, I think I texted into our group there. Uh, neither team really deserved to win it because neither of them kind of snatched victory either. It would have been it was a case of uh, who was going to miss the most by the end of it. Yeah, absolutely, Rory. And I mean, I suppose, Karen, coming back to you from a Wexford angle, uh, Seamus Casey um, seems to be pretty prominent in the league. I mean, 1-4. Uh, last Sunday and I mean good resilience again from Wexford to come back and rescue a draw here from uh, Jack O'Connor as well so I mean key roster in the management surely will have a few positives particularly uh, particularly down the closing stretch yeah I think definitely and if you're looking at the personnel that have, were on the field and, and finished that game out you know thinking of players that have to come back in you know Roy O'Connor uh, Conor McDonald Liam McGovern Dio O'Keefe you know Liam Ryan you know, these are big guys in that team for the last couple of years. And, you know, I suppose in certain positions, there there is now a bit of um, competition. You know, I think Conor Foley is probably one of them players who's been really impressive uh, to date this year, uh, both Walsh Cup and, and the early league rounds. He's been really, really standout player. And, like, that's, you know, uh, for, for Liam Ryan coming back in, coming back from injury and trying to, you know, wrestle back that jersey from, from Conor Foley. So... You know that's that's a healthy position to be for key roster. You know in certain regards that that probably wasn't there in Wexford for the last couple of years. You know, and then you suppose you come like Seamus Casey is 27, 28. He's 
He's been in and out around Wexford panels for a few years. Under Davy times, he actually played in goal uh, one year. You know, so you know, I suppose I, I think every player in Wexford was looked at this year, and I think if you deserve a chance at a trial, you got it. You know, and if you if you're still there, you're there on merit. And I think for the likes of Shami, that's you know that's true to form. He's you know I suppose he's a, an all get club man here beside me, and he's you know a really really good player. And you know every day he takes the field like he's scoring one eleven, one twelve. You know some of them for freeze like you know he's a really good deadly forward. He's like he's you know real accurate. And you know I was just kind of saying if he had been on the receiving end of the pass he gave to Colin Dunbar. You know, I would put my house on. He would score. Like he just, if he gets in that position, you know, it's very hard to stop him. But like players like that, they're they're getting their chance, and I suppose it is still a, an inexperienced team that has played the three early rounds in the league. You know, bar maybe the two wrecks. Um, uh, like Jack O'Connor has been around a few years as well. But there's a lot of youth in there, with Keen Byrne coming in, stepping up from the twenties. You know, Connor Foley the same. Owen Ryan, Connor back. Niall Murphy, like these are all new guys to the to the Wexford team and. They don't look at a place either, which is probably a good thing that if they don't make the starting 15, that, you know, I think some of these guys could be relied on come championship. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. I think, look, it still is a transition period. And, and you know, I think it's the next two or three years maybe where some of the old guard might start stepping away that, you know, then I suppose it'll be looking at to see what, what numbers are there and, you know, what, what guys are there. But, um, you know, at the minute, I suppose it, 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 with the mix of the new and the old to come, you know, I suppose there is a little bit more depth on the panel than there would have been in the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. And Rory, getting you back in here in terms of even Clare, Keane Broderick had a very good cameo and goal, thinking of Connor Lean here, Sean Rin, Patrick mm-hmm. Crotty, Keith Smith. So, I mean, Brian Lone certainly was giving chances here to certain uh, squad players, and they certainly did impress with their work rate and their skill set. Yeah, uh, although some of them like work rate, yeah, I wouldn't question. Sometimes maybe end products with a good few of them, like uh, Keith Smith's end product. You know, I've seen a good bit of him in UL. He's a talented player. He was probably Clare's main forward in the under 20 Munster Championship last year. Did very well. Sometimes it can be nerves. Um, but, uh, you know, getting his first start that I can remember in a league game for him anyway. And look, one bit of ball, but end product wasn't quite there. Aidan McCarthy, a guy who we've seen a lot of and just his decision making, I thought, was quite poor at times. Uh, I know he's, he's been plagued with injuries of late, but uh, you know sometimes it was a player maybe 10, 15 yards ahead and loose, and he was taking on shots under pressure when there was a, you know, an easier ball. Look, there are things I'm sure to be pointed out in video work, and, and you're hoping there'll be a learning curve there. Sean Rain wasn't as you know as good as he had been in, in, in some of the previous league games. I thought um, Darlohan did fine. Conor Lean good in the first half. And instantly with Wexford, I thought um, at the very start, I thought like for the first 15 minutes, the forward seemed to be like Lee Chin relying on Lee to win the ball. It looked like, he, you know, he was the only one for a while just kind of winning 50-50 ball. And then when he went off, rested forwards kind of came in. Maybe they, they felt they had to take on that responsibility now. And it seemed to change the mindset. You know, the forwards looked looked a bit more of an even year. It can ha- often happen when, when the star man, you know, is put to one side. And question is will lads stand up and, and players did like and it was that second quarter I suppose where they kind of fought their way back and took the lead that uh, you know probably uh, gave them in with a great chance of winning the game at the end of it yeah look uh, from a clear point of view the only I'd say like, maybe some of the guys I expected more from some of the newer guys and when you look back now are any of them when it comes to championship going to hold on to their place ahead of your Shane O'Donnell's Tony Kelly's and you know Ryan Taylor if he's 
fitting well. Probably Ryan Taylor, Munster Championship might come too soon for him, but looking down the stretch, you know, it's hard to see. Like, okay, I know you need a squad, and some of these guys definitely are strengthening the squad, but um, I don't see many of them being starters. Um, now, that could change, of course. There's two rounds to go in the league and maybe knockout stages, but at the moment, yeah, um, hard to see too many of the new guys kind of breaking their way into certainty. I, I think Rory Shannon won't be far off, especially mm. if Ryan Taylor doesn't make the early rounds. I think the word is that he'll... Yeah, he, he's a big def, Definitely missed the first two rounds, I think, isn't it? So, you know, I, I think, yeah, like maybe not as, on Sunday as much, but, you know, definitely against Cork, you know, and, and, and Waterford, really impressive. And, mm. you know, like I suppose he has the, everything his size and he was a ball winner there on the puck outs too. So I don't think he'd be too far off if, if yeah. Ryan Taylor isn't there. Yeah, he probably is probably the best out of the, you know, out of the, all the guys that have been given a chance. And I suppose we've said this before with younger players, you have to have a bit of patience with them as well. There's going to be a bit of up and down where they settle into the team and get used to the players. And sometimes it can be, you know, overall, you know, being a bit overawed in a way, like with uh, some of the players that they might have been looking up to for the last few years and suddenly they're on a team with them. It can take a while to settle in. Yeah, look, uh, he's probably is, is the pick of the bunch so far anyway. But is Aaron Shanahan yeah. gone? Or yeah, we were just, just questioning that one. Um, haven't heard of him gone, so it, it looks good chance to an injury. I'll, I'll check it out for next week. But uh, yeah, just he hasn't been involved in any squad, so maybe it's a, a, a long-term injury. But I haven't heard of him um, leaving the panel or yeah. going. Like, maybe that, has, that is the case, but yeah, you certainly expect him to be getting some lead time by now if he was available. So Absolutely. Those some great points there, guys. Suppose we can move on to Super Value Park of Kiev. Uh, Cork faced Waterford on Sunday afternoon and secured a two point win, 121 to 119. Uh, a 10 point advantage for Cork got whittled down to two points at the end. But I suppose, Karen, what were the standout moments for you on that game? Yeah, a funny game, really. I suppose you're wondering is there an element to shadow boxing with the championship around the corner? Um, the, I suppose the first half there wasn't a whole much, a whole pile between the two teams, and then you know. Early that second half, third quarter, Cork started pushing ahead, and I watched the game back this evening. I don't know was it the case that Cork were really good or Waterford really bad. Like Waterford had opportunities to score from maybe the 30th minute to the 50th minute. Waterford had nine wides in a row, so I think it was just you know maybe poor shot selection or pure execution, but they were getting chances, just weren't taking them. And I suppose in that period. Cork did take the chances and started pushing ahead, you know, and they went 10 clear at one stage and you're thinking, you know, game over. But, you know, I suppose the roles reversed in the in the, the last quarter there where Waterford to start running direct at Cork and I think to make Cork very uncomfortable and, you know, they started slatting over points. Um, I think Mikey Kiley, when he came on, did really well, took two balls, ran straight down the neck of Cork and I think he got two points at the end of it. Jamie Barron as well, getting back on, you know, Hogan coming in as well. So, like, the they are, Waterford, they are injury plagued. Like, you, you look at the players that have to come back in. There's the three Bennetts, you know, Desi Hutchinson, obviously, you, have, you know, Jamie Barron and Kylie getting back on the field there last week. Um, so, there is a lot of players to come back. I was really impressed with um, Callum Lyons. I had an unbelievable game. You know, he was you know, scoring from play. He took some long-distance frees. You know, a real menace of puckouts as well, winning dirty ball. If there was another two or three minutes left in that game, you'd nearly have tipped Waterford to, because they had that momentum going that they could have gone on and won that game, you know. And they still had the last, you know, had a couple of wides in that last quarter as well, where they, you know, they could have had that deficit back to maybe even level. 
you know, it's hard to know Cork. It's another performance, another game where they haven't put in a seven-minute performance. You know, Cork were outscored in the last um, 10 minutes, uh, 10 points to two. You know, so that's a complete switch off. You know, obviously Waterford had their perfect patch, but not at any stage did they try and, you know, nullify it or stop it. You know, uh, it's really worrying for Cork that, you know, that you can just switch off for periods of a game. You know, like, okay, the last two games it's been, you know, maybe second, third quarter, and then they're coming back into it. But, like, this was, you know, last quarter. They had the game won. Just had to see it out. And, you know, Waterford just came at them like a, a steam train, and they didn't have any answers. Um, So I think from that, you know, in that regard, okay, they got the win, but there's probably more question marks now than there was going into the game. Yeah, Rory, get you in there, I suppose. Get your thoughts on the contest in Parky Keith. Yeah, and look, I suppose Cork probably promising signs from Jack O'Connor uh, won three and Brian Hayes three points. But then again, you had uh, this time Udall not scoring, Shane Barrett not scoring at all. And it's just the thing with Cork, um, all their forwards have this explosive potential, but it's inconsistency. So what I'm sure Pat Ryan would love to see is that, you know, Jack O'Connor backs this one up with another big performance next week and the week after. And just like like Patrick Horgan is really like their, their one consistent forward. And I know you could say he kind of one of his quieter games, um, but still he's still a threat all the time inside. And uh, every team now kind of are targeting if we can completely cut off Patrick Horgan. Are they going to get enough scores to beat us? And uh, But you know, Rory, he's, he's winning ball, but he, mm. he, you just know by the legs are gone. He doesn't yeah. take on any defenders. He's looking for a pass. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, is he, not not a passenger, but is he holding them back in certain regards where they might have an extra bit of pace in there in that full forward line? But I suppose what he's waiting for is, is just another forward to be put, up, put in a few consistent performances. And it's what's lacking at the minute. With, with Coleman coming back and uh, O'Connell being, you know, a bit of a revelation midfield, like there, there are signs of improvement for Cork, but it's just at the minute their forward line just doesn't seem to be firing and they're not getting that consistency with Waterford we I know it was spoken about with uh, Wexford and free taking but if benefit Bennett isn't playing you'd wonder like because uh, Jake Prendergast took a few of the frees doesn't look a natural free taker um to me Kellum Lines took over it a few and like it's uh it's something that they need to nail down like if Davy Fitzby if Bennett is out he'd be on the phone to Porigamani <laughs> pleading him to come in because it's so important at this stage just to have and we know Amani is one of the top free takers in the country so to have him out of the squad if they do have injuries in that front would you know it'd be a massive plus if you could get him back in um, I think he's out for the league isn't he yeah but is he is he coming back in for a championship so look, uh, the only thing from Waterford point of view is it was the first time this year we really saw some kind of green shoots just in that last 10 minutes, Bella. And as uh, Kieran said, it was when they got the players back in, the likes of uh, Hogan coming in as well. And uh, Jamie Barron, of course, kind of, I thought he brought a real, he always brings an energy, but to midfield, it kind of, they, they took over midfield and that's Bell. I'm sure like even at the end of the game, you kind of saw uh, Davey's body language, he was grinning and, you know, he could see that there probably was that, that sign that, you know, things are turning around for them. So, uh, as Kieran said, they won't give a hoot about losing that one if they beat Cork in the Munster Championship, which is a huge game for them to target. From an overall point of view, yeah, uh, it was a strange game. Um, at one stage, Cork looked at they might pull out win by 15 points, and again, it's kind of that old feeling again that Waterford were let back in it, and by the end of it, Waterford were the team. At the very end, you thought might even get a goal and win it at the last play of the game, but uh, that broke down. But anyway, they're kind of showed a bit of life and maybe that they're turning the corner and going maybe in the right direction coming into championship. 
I suppose the other positive for Cork, Mark Coleman making his first start since 2022. I mean, he won that lovely puck out, fed Jack O'Connor for the, the goal for Cork. So it was great to see him back. I suppose Davy Fitz was a bit of a frustrated figure after the match. Talking about a third quarter, struggled again. I suppose guys, we can switch to UPMC Nolan Park. Derek Ling was pretty forthright in his comments post-game that a few words had to be exchanged in the Kilkenny dressing room at half-time. Monopoly playing with the elements were six points up, I suppose. Karen, what a response though from Kilkenny though in the first 12 minutes of the second half, putting this game to bed fairly quickly. Yeah, I think by all reports, there was a real strong um, wind in Nolan Park and Monopoly had the advantage of that. And, you know, six points up at half-time. You know, I remember looking at the the score up at half time and they, you know the, the world was going around Mexico Park that awfully were leading by six you know but Kilkenny really came out in that third quarter and blew them away really um they all scored them 10 points to one early in the second half you know and I suppose then the own Cody goal as well sealed it the you know I think it's probably the extent of the wind was shown in the first half Killian Kylie got a point from just outside the D um with the wind so that kind of shows um how much of a factor it was but look, I suppose Offaly, you know, I'm sure, you know, Johnny Kelly will be happy with the performance again. You know, there's two games in a row where they've been, you know, they've been, I think they're not far off it. Like they have physically, they're, they're there, you know, they're bringing in a couple of these younger guys like Screeny playing, you know, Charlie Mitchell, really good game. I think he scored one, two, you know, Dan Ravenhill again, get coming in, getting two points. Uh, Owen Cahill, obviously still the, the main man in the freeze there as well, scoring 10. You know, so I like I don't think they'll be too. You know, I don't think they're looking for results. I think it's more so performances to carry into the to Joe McDonough, and you know they they have to go into that competition with you know the way they're going and to keep that going with you know confidence and that they, they have to be um, odds on favourites to go and win that Joe McDonough this year. Bar a huge shock. Well, look, Kenny, they never panic, do they? You know what I mean? They they were six points down at half time. You know they had it wiped out fairly quick. Uh, Billy Drennan got a start, you know, you know, one point from play, he had 11 overall, but 10 of them from, from place balls. Still don't think he's doing enough in open play, but, you know, Adrian Mullen, six points from play, he's in red hot form uh, in this league so far. Um, and then on Cody with the goal, scoring 1-1, one, one, so, look, Kenny would be happy as well, they're up there with Clare, after, you know, up on top of the, of the leaderboard there in the league at the minute, and, you know, a huge game against Clare, you know, um, weekend after next. And uh, I suppose that'll be, you know, whoever wins that goes top. But uh, there'll be a lot riding in that game, I suppose, just with emotions for Clare after the semi-final last year. But, you know, Kenny won't want to give it to me either. So uh, a good result for Offaly. Well, not a bad, you know, a good performance for Offaly, sorry. Not a bad result, you know, losing by seven in the end. Um, but I think Johnny Kelly will, will be happy with the performance overall. Yeah, Rory gets you in there as well. I suppose from a Kilkenny perspective, Mikey Carey and Adrian Mullen certainly were prominent for Kilkenny in that opening half. But there are some issues here for uh, Derek Ling and the management staff to really correct, particularly in attack, where they looked a bit toothless at times and awfully really did expose them in that opening period. Yeah, I suppose uh, you have Blanchfield didn't score inside. Uh, Kenny didn't pick up scores. Like there were a line, I suppose, on Mullen, six points from play. And Owen Cody with the 1 1, and that goal came at a crucial stage because they had kind of uh, wiped out Offaly's lead, and that goal really put the gap between them. Then uh, went, I think, uh, was 18, 18 points to 15 when Cody got the goal, 118 to 15 with the breeze. It was game over at that stage. But in fairness to Offaly, they could have, you know, completely waved the flag and taken the beating, but they, they, you know, rallied and hung in there and kept that gap at the six, seven points all the way to the end. 
we questioned last week what might happen with Offaly um, after their performance down in Wexford Park. We were saying it'd be a shame for them to go and then get, you know, a severe beating off Kilkenny, but that wasn't the case. And this is exactly what we were kind of, you know, hoping for, for an Offaly point of view that if they were to be uh, competitive in the uh, going into Joe McDonough and actually going to go on and doing the business this year and and, and getting their promotion that they they couldn't fall away in the league and ship a few beatings and that hasn't been the case so far anyway like that was a, a good response and to leave Kenny six points even against the breeze down in Nolan Park uh, you know it shows that they were in red hot form in the first half and the mindsets were, were right going down there that there was a belief there yeah I suppose then it's just Offaly's next step I suppose is to maybe over the next couple of years develop that squad depth get that bench where you have impact players coming in as well because uh, one thing like noticeable is they got no score off the bench um, you know, and, and it's something that you see uh, all the major teams, the top teams in it, like that the bench can come in and make a huge impact scoring-wise as well, like uh, Kilkenny, three scores off the bench coming in. Just It's just a, a simple comparison to make, but, um, you know, it is something maybe that uh, over the next, that Johnny Kelly will be hoping to build over the next couple of years. And with the talent coming through at under 20 level, uh, maybe, you know, that, that mightn't be too long before they have that, that squad depth. But, uh, yeah, as Kieran said, it's really time to, Shader got off the pot for Offaly and the Joe McDonough this year. Like the playing, being competitive in the league is one thing, but you have to now go and win that division. Um, if they're stuck down there for another year, um, you know it's going to be detrimental. I think. Yeah, I mean, Karen, get you in there. I mean, all we say about the plaudits of Offaly, they have to go and win Joe McDonough this year, and that brings its own pressure. It does, and I think as was you know there were hot favourites last year as well, and. So they might have been the creators of their own downfall. They were kind of handpicked Carlo to play in the final. I suppose themselves thought it might have been an easier route to go. I suppose Carlo shocked them on the day and probably one of the games of the year. But you know, I think they're physically they're they're up to you know Lee McCarthy standard. You know, they don't look out of place. You know, I suppose they're they're a couple of more these you know the under twenties and you know I suppose one of the people didn't say one time that they're. Just the attitude of that under 20s team was was just a level above anything else he's ever seen before. Just a work rate, like even with the likes of Adam Screeny, like he's a small guy, but he he works like a line, like you know. And and I suppose if that can rub off on some of the, the senior panel players as well, you know, these guys coming in pushing for places, you know, it has to increase competition. So look at Offaly are, are being in this rebuild stage for a couple of years, but I think I suppose last year, this year they're taking huge strides. It's not just about getting up, I suppose. It's when they do get up, they have to stay up, you know. So, um, as Rory said, building your panel, building strength, you know, it takes more than one team or one twenty team coming in with you to to make a successful senior team. So, you know, keep the work going underage and, and keep the conveyor to players coming. And, you know, if they get back and can hold up for a year or two, I don't think they're going to be like an Antrim or a Westmead. I think if they do come up, you know, they have aspirations of building and, and getting back to where they were in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. No, great points there, Kieran. suppose we can move from Division Group A to Division 1 Group B. And, I mean, guys, from a league-organised perspective, I think, to be fair, what happened in Crow Park and Corrigan Park probably been a bad look for the league here, uh, Rory. I mean, where do Dublin and Antrim go from here after those drubbings that they've gotten from Limerick and Galway, respectively? Well, like 1B has been a bit of a disaster from a, you know, competitive games point of view. And it, it, it kind of shows a kind of warning signs for the Leinster Championship maybe as a spectacle going forward. If Dublin are going to continue with this standard going in there, themselves and Antrim look way off it. 
I know you could easily say this is a Dublin team that went and led Galway by 12 points last year and probably should have won that game in the championship. But taking out that kind of result, which kind of threw everything on its head in Leinster last year, just so far, like going from the going back to the quarterfinal capitulation against Clare in the Gaelic grounds to um, what they've produced so far in the league. And in particular, Saturday night, like it was, it, it, it actually, it, it looked like Lee McCarthy versus Joe McDonough. And that's the worrying sign for Dublin. They are on a, seem to be on a slide and they need to kind of rectify this. Um, from Antrim point of view as well, we spoke about, uh, like Kieran asked a question last week, Antrim and Dublin, okay, Dublin got the win, but where do both teams stand? And I think we know a bit more this week exactly where they stand. And that is 15 to 20 points off the top teams in Leinster. Like there, just an interesting stat from the game, um, from the Limerick Dublin game. The Limerick back scored seven points from play. The Dublin forwards scored seven points from play. So that kind of tells you where they were at. But it is it is worrying. And like, thank God the GA are kind of, you know, re- revamping things. Probably a bit unfair in one way on the 1A teams that it's a massive scramble to stay up at that side. Whereas at 1B, like Kilkenny, Galway, Limerick can at their leisure, um, you know, kind of stroll through it and they know that they're safe anyway. And then they'll battle it out for the last two spots if they're interested in making the semi-finals. That's not the case in 1A, of course. So thank goodness for 1A this year because, as we said, 1B has just been an uncompetitive disaster in terms of in terms of spectator sport. Yeah, Kieran, get you in there, get your comments in terms of what we've seen so far in Division Group 1, Group B. I mean, from a Tipperary Limerick Gower perspective, are they a little bit undercooked going into the closing end of the league campaign, going into championship? Yeah, I suppose there's, there's kind of pluses and, and there's pros and negatives for um, if you're comparing 1A to 1B, I suppose Limerick and, and the route they, they were given, they've been ramping up and I suppose the last two games they're going to get are going to be against Tipperary and Galway, which are going to be very good tests. Um, I suppose it's allowed John Kiley to play, you know, youth in the earlier games without, I suppose, the same pressures. You know, and I think there would, there would be two huge games. I think Tipperary... Obviously going well, they're not going to want to bend over and, you know, uh, they're going to go, I think they have aspirations to go and try and win the league. And I suppose Galway the save, you're, you're going to face two teams who, you know, potentially want to go and win it. Just going back to Dublin, like Dublin have been poor, but I suppose if you look at the personnel that have come back in for that game, you know, that the game was sent to them, like, you know, Chris Crummy, you know, Donald Burke getting back in, you know, there was, just, we didn't think that was going to happen this time last week when we were sure. talking. You know, the word exactly. was, you know, wasn't good. You know, Sutcliffe got back in it, had a really good game. Ronan Hayes and, you know, still all of them to come. So, you know, I suppose until we see the full deck, you know, on shuffle and, and see how Dublin are going to face out coming towards that extra game and championship, you know, they have been playing with, I suppose, I suppose a lot of their main guys have been not on the field today. And I suppose, you know, maybe are we doing them a little bit of a disservice judging them so easily, so quickly. You know, that game, Donald Burke hasn't played since, you know, last, what, um, July or August or September. So, you know, he's only going to be, it's going to take him a while to get back up to speed. Um, also, after coming back from an injury as well. But look, I thought Dublin weren't, the first 25, 25, 28 minutes, like, Dublin were up to the pace of it. I thought Sutcliffe was really impressive. Like, their lines of running were very good. Like, they, they opened up Limerick a couple of times at the back, you know, Nicky Quaid made two saves. Uh, you know, Sean or Sean Curry's goal when they came, like it was a well worked move. I think they were, you know, running from deep, runners off the shoulder. They, you know, they, at times they impressed me, but 
I think when, you know, Tom Morris's goal went in, the second goal, maybe the head might have dropped a little bit. You know, they, they, they didn't lay a glove on Limerick, you know, really, especially in that, you know, late first half, second half. If that, that would worry me, you know, go forward, that the, I suppose the heads went down and they gave up. Suck it aside, I think that the younger guys did, didn't have the same work rate he did. Like, he, I think he kept it going. Yeah, look, Dublin are not the team they were last year, but maybe we're very quick to judge them. And maybe it's part of the plan to go into the championship. And, you know, like we've seen teams have very bad leagues and come out in the championship and look like a total new team. I suppose give credit to Westmead here, Rory, as well. I mean, Tip went 14 points up early into the second half, and you thought, oh, God, here's another cricket score. But in fairness to Westmead, and I think this is maybe a worry for Liam Cahill, direct ball and spot to Mitchell really did pay dividends in that third and fourth quarter, and only really for an own goal at the end from uh, Conaty for Westmead really put a, an embellishing scoreline for Tipperary. I suppose Westmead had probably been... Compare Antrim, Dublin, Westmead. Westmead really have been trying to be competitive in the, the division. This is two games in a row for Westmead. Like they've followed up a, a good performance against Limerick with this performance against Tipperary. And just like in case we thought that you know Tipperary were going through the motions, whatever Liam Cahill was fuming after the game with with uh, Tipperary. And probably like you have to give Westmead credit there as well. Like that, as you said, didn't give up the ghost, kept rallying until the end. And uh, you know with them down in in Joe McDonough next year. You'll be kind of looking at them. They we're, we're probably giving it to Offley here based on a couple of performances, but I have Westmead maybe being, you know, quietly going along as well with impressive performances at their and their side of the division. Um, and they probably have that chance maybe to get a confidence boost of a win or two in in, in as well. Whereas Offley, I know they had a good drawdown in Wexford, but they have, you know, last couple of games to come here. They're looking at Cork and Clare, so uh, a Cork team that are you know trying to ramp it up and and clear as well. Could be looking for a win if Kilkenny beat them. So uh, maybe uh, Westmead will be there to shove it up to Offaly later in the year, and it won't be all Offaly's way because the signs are promising for them. And uh, there's still two rounds to go, and you want them to finish strong as well. Same with Offaly, uh, it could still be deflating yet. And going back to Dublin as well, um, what what kind of I suppose was a bit disappointing. I know that we were saying Chris Crummy and Donald Burke and these lads were back for the first time in a long time. Um, but kind of the newer guys, like uh, like where is their kind of Adam Screeny or, you know, new new kid on the block coming through? Like there are no names really coming out from Dublin of, of you know, the, the, the next Donald Burke. Like there's... Oh, Dueling looks good. He, he's yeah. kind of coming on. That's the only player there, yeah. So there seems to be that kind of lack of, of guys coming in that are going to improve things. And when it comes to it, it's got, it comes down to championship, they're going to be kind of a lot of the same guys again. And I'm not saying, look, that's a, not a bad thing, but you do need lads pushing through. And uh, Dublin are at a stage now where, you know, a lot of miles are on the clock for some of the guys. I know age profile, they're fine, but they've had, uh, shipped a lot of heavy defeats the last few years. And you just wonder, like, they do need that kind of, uh, you know, talent coming through, kind of that youth that don't fear going playing Kilkenny or these teams and that. But it just doesn't seem to be coming through for Dublin at the minute. Um, but yeah, look, uh, going back to Westmead, yeah, they've they've been tipping along nicely, and I know we're saying this after two defeats, but it was a manner of their defeats that they that they showed heart and and caused problems as well for like teams that would consider themselves like Limerick or Ireland champions and Tipperary who would consider themselves as contenders as well, and uh, for Westmead causing problems must be you know positive for management. And then as well, David Williams, you know, scoring two twelve and on the losing side, you know, to be fair, yeah. some floor and two three from play. Killian Doyle coming on late in the game, getting two points. You know, we know how important he is for him. 
So, you know, they, they are, I suppose, an improvement on league last year. And I suppose, look, with performances like that against Liverpool and Dipperary, I'm sure, you know, trainings have been, you know, probably going better. They're probably bouncing off the ground when they get there. So, you know, it's all a knock-on effect. And, and they, they've yet to play Antrim, have they? Yeah, it was, they played Galway in the first round. Uh, Antrim in Dublin. Antrim in Dublin, yeah. So, you know, the way things are going, they could be looking at four points the last two games. Good optimism there for Westmead. I suppose we could switch to Corrigan Park. I mean, Galway's team, she really was a kind of a blend of youth and experience. Great to see David Burke back in a Galway jersey. And then you had the likes of the Gavin Lees and Nevin Nylands uh, hitting as well. And I mean, to be fair, Kieran, I mean, this was um pretty ruthless performance from Galway, to be brutally honest. I mean, when you said at the start of the game, Connell Gunning would only have two points, one from a free. I mean, it really does kind of tell the tale of the tape here that Galway were utterly dominant. Yeah, it was, it was you know, talking to you is really just my point on Cunning as well. Like, you know, we were talking about last week, scoring was at 110 or 111, you know, and I suppose a big shock when I saw the news report, he'd only scored two points. You know, he's there. No, he's their main talisman, but look for Galway. I suppose they were looking for a response after the loss to Tipperary and, you know, nine with 13 points, 10 of them for freeze. Um, Jason Flynn has been impressing, you know, hasn't he, for the last couple of years and without taking a huge step to nailing down a jersey and such. But, you know, I suppose the first goal was very opportunistic and, you know, it took it well. And, um, you know, Tom Monaghan, six points and Connor Cooney was four points. And, you know, so they're particularly nicely. And I suppose they have bigger games to come to. They're, they're going to have Limerick the last day out. And, you know, so they're, look, Galway seem to do that, don't they, to the smaller teams. They're they're ruthless when they go about it. You know, same when they played Westmead, they, they've no problem putting a cricket score on a team. And they have always been that way, but I suppose it's um this was they get a litmus test going into Belgium Championship in that last league group game against against uh Limerick. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean group B does really intensify now with Limerick having to face Tipperary on Saturday week, um, televised game on Saturday night, and then following up that with Galway, so I mean, we should know a little bit more from all these two, all these three teams come the end of the league. I suppose, guys, we can maybe switch to Division 2A, and I mean, the key game uh, in 2A was in O'Moore Park, uh, Port Leash local derby between Leash and Carlo. I know, Kieran, you'd strongly tip Carlo to win this game, and they really did impress here from start to finish. Yeah, as I said, I've seen the two teams the last couple of weeks, and does Carlo seem to impress me the most? Um as I said last week, the you know the half forward line is really really strong. I suppose the first half Scott Tracy goal was the only main difference between the two teams in the first half. But I think that third quarter is where Carlo pushed ahead and you know they had it out to one twenty to thirteen points, fifty five minutes, and from you know from there to saw it out. Um, no easy feat going into your your neighbours next door into Port Leash, and you know I suppose this time last year you would have said it was very little between the two teams, but. I think Carlo have taken a step or so more than Leash have since then. Um, they have been, to me, I think they've been impressive. And I suppose for them now is, you know, is their youth coming in behind that to push into the team and, you know, try and stay at the level they're at. But uh, I suppose that question remains. And, you know, for Leash, I suppose, they look, they've been around for a couple of years, that same team, you know, Paddy Purcell and, you know, um, Peaky Marr and, and, you know, these guys, um, you know, they, they just fail to flatter at times. They're kind of at that me- mediocre level all the time. And I think since um, since that year, Eddie Brennan had them, they're kind of petered out to the same level and they, they haven't pushed, or they haven't descended here, but they haven't pushed on really. So 
I suppose for Leash, like you know, it's, it's probably looking like they're not going to win or win that group. You know, they're two A, but um, I suppose it's still still out to play for them. But um, you know, I think this Carlo for me were the do- dominant team in that group from the start, and I suppose they probably have one foot already out of it. Yeah, totally, Rory. I get you in there. I mean, emphatic win for Carlo, and I mean that kind of tandem of John Nolan, Chris Nolan, Martin Kavanagh, James mm-hmm. Doyle. Connor Kill, I mean, look, they're contributing 14 points of that um, winning total. I mean, they're a key line. I know Kieran has highlighted that in the last few episodes. That half forward line is one of the best ones in the, the country at the moment. Yeah, and as you said, like Chris Nolan, four points from play, and John Nolan, three points. Kevin has sound and freeze again, nine points. Uh, one of the top free takers around. And yeah, it is interesting. Like, Leash now have, have to rally. Like, they can't let the this result in a way like they should still be finishing maybe second in that group based on, on how things have started and um, so they need to rally and, and and get that top two spot and be playing against the the stronger in that kind of division two what we call one b next year but will be the second tier um they need to kind of rally there and get themselves in there because uh you know things can go wrong and as we've seen with leash before like the wheels can come off and uh you know what, what was turning into an okay league campaign could, could end up in disaster if they don't make that top two now yeah carlo were, were good winners and uh as kieran said like that they are the team that seems to be on the up there and and obviously boy by the joe mcdonough win as well is going to give a boost and confidence to all those players and to win in leash as well it isn't an easy place to go for the likes of carlo wouldn't have had much joy there over the years but to go there and get, and get that win is another boost for carlo yeah they're going to need all the confidence they can get going in you know going into lee mccarthy next year so um winning that division 2a is going to be you know it's going to be important for them i think to have that momentum going in absolutely no i think william Maurer, leash manager has kind of circled the wagons a little bit after that result with his post-game comments about really regrouping against kerry being kind of a be-all end-all kind of season definer but i suppose call out for paddy purcell as well from leash scoring four points from play as well to compliment uh stephen Maurer with seven points um, I suppose, guys, we talked last week in terms of Kerry being in a bit of a vulnerable spot. Uh, Mead with Saoirse Bolton's uh, charges coming down to Kerry, but fair dues to Kerry. You know, they basically fronted up and a very good second half performance to win 14, 16 points, Kieran. Yeah, I suppose, you know, I, I was the one who tipped Mead last week. That was based on I suppose, what we've seen from Kerry last year. He's put their, the Messiah, Kerry Hurling is back. Shane Conway scored 1 9, you know, so. It was always going to be a different team if you took to the field. And, you know, coming back from injury, 1-9 this time of year, is very good scoring. You know, I think Kerry would be very disappointed with their start in the league. And, you know, that you know that game against Leeds could put the cat on the pinches if they do get a win there. You know, it's not all done and dusted. Yes, you would say, you know, probably have Leeds favourites for it. But, you know, if Kerry can back up that win with a win against Leeds, you know, they're, I suppose their they're league campaign is back on track, really, isn't it? Yeah, Rory, get you in there. I mean... Look, it was a bit of a topsy-turvy opening period, but really that second-half performance, Shane Conway, also Dan Goggin as well, was very lively for Kerry throughout here. And for Stephen Lumphy and the Kerry squad to really build on uh, heading into that leash encounter. Yeah, and Kerry had played with the wind in the first half and only led by a couple of points at half time. They had 11 wides with the breeze, so um you you kind of thought maybe you know momentum might be with meat coming out with the breeze with them but uh Kerry had a great form second half as he, as he said like Shane Conway just at this level like he's possibly you know 
the top player, one of the top players anyway, along with some of the Carlo half forward line in the whole division. Like, and uh, when he's on form, which he was, like it just lifts the whole team. Uh, from a me point of view, now thanks to Buff Egan's uh, uh, highlights of the game, <laughs> Parga Hanneran got some nice scores. Um, for me, it looked a threat inside, and Nicholas Patterson as well in the other corner. Um, so they like there was threats inside full forward line, but just kind of at times maybe getting the ball in there, especially when they were under pressure, they weren't getting enough ball into that full forward line. Um, but again, a similar situation where Meath started the league well, and they just maybe another win would. You know, get, coming out of the league with two wins for me, it would be seen as a bit of progress for them. Yeah, but as you said, now it tees it up nicely. Now the leash carry again. Kerry, after losing up and down, uh, now having the, you know, meet victory, like they can build on this. And uh, the leash, a win against leash would, would really, you know, make this division very interesting, especially that fight for the second spot. Absolutely. And it's kind of blown wide open that result. Be grand as well. I mean, we'd strongly tip down to do the business against Kildare, but all fairness, Kildare, this was a pretty progressive performance from them. Um, there was nothing in it between the two sides, and really, Richard's um, last minute point secured a 124 piece draw for uh, Down and Kildare. I suppose, Karen, positive sides for Kildare, and uh, maybe for Down, maybe just a little bit of reflection and uh, drop points here. Yeah, I don't think there was too much between the teams the whole match. You know, they were kind of nip and tuck. I think I saw that the the, the lead changed hand ten times during the game. If Down had started the league campaign well, uh, Kerry or sorry Kildare probably so so. You know, but uh, I think for Kildare to go up there and get a result like that, get a, get the draw is probably a good result. Roll back twelve months, Kildare were high and flying, and Down were at the other end of the table. You know, they were near the end themselves in Derry, but. Um, I think it's been a good start for Down. Kildare, as I think Rory pointed out before we came on there, they're just are they keeping the powder dry this year and you know maybe attacking things a little differently because I think last year when they hit the championship they just they were like a team that had run out of gas completely and they put everything into the league and especially that league final against Offaly was the, a big turning point in their in their year. But you know I suppose the next few rounds will tell. I suppose where Kildare are at to be bigger games to come for them and I suppose. Um, I think for Down so far, they probably would be happy with their league so far. You know, they definitely an improvement than last year. A good result for Kildare, and again, a bit like Kerry, they can build on that result for the rest of the rounds. Those guys we might leave there. I mean, obviously in the Allianz Hurling League the weekend, but again, we'll return next week. Uh, we'll have a focus on round four, but also we'll have a look at the secondary schools. Uh, the the All Ireland semi-finals are scheduled for this weekend, so. We'll get the reaction of the guys here in terms of Kieran's against Arts called Reach and Nina, CBS against and Raphael's Rock Ray. Um, I suppose until then, uh, I suppose enjoy the weekend and we'll chat next week. Thanks, Mark. Take care, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.